listening to Everyday Engineering, the City of Madison's engineering podcast where we talk about infrastructure, complex topics explained simply, from the water that flows down your drain to the rain and snow that drains into the lakes, by way the curbs and streets we design. City Engineering touches your life in so many ways, explained right now in Everyday Engineering. Have you heard what the buzz is all about? The city of Madison is a B-City USA, and our black and yellow friends are in their busy season. And so are our city crews, including here in the engineering division. My name is Hannah Molinitsky, city of Madison engineering division, public information officer. Joining me today are two people responsible for making our community as bee-friendly and pollinator-friendly as possible. Engineering Division Greenway Vegetation Coordinator Maddie Dumas and Field Ecologist Emily Jorgensen. Thank you both for being here, talking about something you both know a lot about. Thanks for having us. Thank you, (laughs) Hannah. So let's talk about pollinators. So both of you focus on making our community green, bee-friendly, and pollinator-friendly. So for anyone who is not familiar, can you share what each of you do for our pollinators as part of your day-to-day work? We're so lucky. We get to work on engineering's approximately 2,000 plus acres of stormwater management land. Um, My position focuses on improving the health of the vegetation on our ponds and greenway systems. So that means primarily reducing invasive species and improving the biodiversity, uh, strengthening our native species, planting native trees, and everything that goes along with that. Emily? Yeah, she basically said it all. So a lot of our work involves removing invasive species. So we're out there digging with shovels quite a bit, mowing other types of management practices. And then um, by promoting native species, we do things like collect seed and spread it around, um, plant plugs, stuff like that. All sorts of things in the field, but wonderful, especially when the weather is nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, What exactly is a pollinator? We're not just talking about bees here, correct? Yeah, exactly. So a pollinator is any animal that moves pollen from uh, the male flower to the female flower, and this fertilizes the flower, and it produces viable seed from that. So besides bees, we also have things like butterflies, moths, wasps, ants, hummingbirds, beetles, and flies. So uh, ants are, a lot of people are surprised to hear that they actually uh, help with pollination. They do a lot of the low-lying plants like wild ginger, for example, its flower lies right at ground level, so they help pollinate that species. Um, okay. Hummingbirds really like the red plants, like cardinal flower and royal catchfly. Mm-hmm. I think that, yes, we don't think about, we think about the butterflies, we think about the, the bees, save the bees, you know, all of the, you know, the you know, hummingbirds, all the, all the very visible I don't think about the flies and the ants. Maybe I don't want to think about the flies and the ants. <laughs> Most of us. But now maybe we'll think of them a little bit differently. So, like, what what can we do to help them? The best thing you can do to help them are plant native species of plants. So, um, so what does that mean? You know, pe- people who aren't familiar with native plant species, like... Is that a certain type of plant? Like even when you say species, like the common person does not say, I'm going to plant some species in my yard. Talk talk us through that and and, and make it so that we can understand. For sure. Yeah. So there are actually thousands of native species. um, And what that means is that that is a plant that has been here in the Midwest for centuries and centuries. So the pollinators that use those have evolved with those plants. And that's why it is the healthiest thing for them. Mm. And native plants can refer to the flowers that you grow in your yard or can refer to the grasses that grow down along the creek. They can be trees, they can be shrubs, all sorts of 
all sorts of plants. Do they look like plants or do they look like weeds? They can look like weeds. <laughs> some of them can look like weeds. Um, some of them are the most beautiful flowers in your garden. Um, bergamot, uh, sunflowers, all sorts of uh, um, beautiful cone flowers, things like that, that people commonly grow as ornamentals. Yeah. And, and all of the pollinators love them. Yes, they, love they them. do. <laughs> love them. They love those native plants. Okay, let's go to science class, shall we? Pollination is the process of moving pollen, like you were mentioning, from one flower to another, um, the same species to allow the plant to produce fertile seeds. So how do we support this process? What are things we can do to support this process other than not cutting down plants or pulling out our native plants? Yeah, so the very best thing you can do are provide those resources, which are the native plants. So a lot of people's yards may be um, covered in lawn or something similar to that. Um, if you want to provide resources for the native pollinators, um, all you have to do is provide the native plants and they will come to you. Where do you get them? You can get them anywhere. You can steal them from your neighbor's yard <laughs> or borrow. Yeah. Um, you know, you can collect seed from City of Madison Engineering land, from City Parks land. You can buy things at nurseries. Uh, many native plants will be touted as native plants. It's kind of like the new, um, uh, you know, carb friendly. It's going to be labeled on the plant tag. It's 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 trendy. Um, we like trendy here. We like trendy. Yeah, we're trendy. <laughs> I think that um, that's one thing, you know, when people are listening to this and then they're going to go home and they're going to say, I want to help the pollinators. I want to plant native plants. Where do I find them? And what do I ask when I go to a greenhouse or a nursery? So if they say, I I'm looking for native plants, they'll know what they're talking about. Absolutely. Yep. Ask for native plants. Ask for pollinator friendly plants. Okay. Any nursery employee should be able to help you out with that. They might give you plants that um, have a lot of nectar, or maybe they specifically help a certain species like monarch butterflies. Um, you could also ask for plants that are grown without neonicotinoids, which are a certain class of pesticide that are uh, harmful to honeybees and other bees and, and insects. Oh, see, that's what I'm trying to, yeah. That, that's, that's really good like news you can use, information when you go there. You, so you, not only can you ask for native plants, you can ask for pollinator-friendly plants. Hmm. Okay. Um, wheels are turning. What are some of the threats that pollinators are facing right now? So one of the biggest threats has to be land use change. Um, so just the way that we're modifying our landscape that decreases those native plant resources to them. So think uh, a large lawn or fields of corn. They're not going to be really things that our native pollinators are going to be able to use. Um, another big thing are invasive species. They also create monocultures by taking over an entire space aggressively so that nothing else can grow. And so what this does is it only provides one certain resource for native pollinators, which is, you know, an invasive species only flowers for a certain time of year. And the analogy that I like to think about with this is, what if I told you that you could only eat on Monday afternoons and that was it? So no, those monocultures are not good for them. But if you provide a diverse habitat with lots of native plants that are blooming all throughout the year, that's going to be perfect for them. Mondays just aren't going to cut it. No. Monday <laughs> afternoons, that's not, that, that can't last us all week. Mm -mm. So that is a good analogy. That, that really does put it into perspective. Um, anything else you want to add on that? Anything that's threatening our pollinators? Otherwise, we'll move on. Yeah, well, uh, other things to look out for, you know, with globalization, we're moving plants, we're moving, we're shipping products all around the world with globalization, and, and that introduces a lot of new insect diseases. 
Many people will have heard of the emerald ash borer, um, parasites as well are traveling around. Uh, we just need to be aware when we're importing things, when we're planting ornamentals, especially ornamentals that come from far away, um, we might be introducing new insect pests, so we got to be careful. We have full lists of plant lists and all sorts of resources when it comes to native plants and um, all sorts of pollinator resources on our website. Also, the cityofmadison.com slash engineering, the stormwater section. If you click in that, you can find out information there, too. Uh, fun fact, about 70% of the world's plants are pollinated by animals, insects, such as bees, butterflies, moths, wasps, flies, birds, such as hummingbirds. So this is obviously important for us and everyone here at the table, but how do we convince people who don't care about our pollinators to help out? Why should people care? Well, I say let's start by passing out chocolate-covered almonds because chocolate and almonds are both pollinated by pollinators. Um, oh. Or tea or coffee or strawberries or peppers. So many foods rely on pollinators to be able to produce fruit that we like to eat. Um, even if it's not plant food for us, Plants produce food for um, animals lower down on the food chain, and they're the basis of all life. So we need healthy plants in order to be able to survive, and healthy plants need pollinators in order to reproduce. Um, You're hitting me right in the stomach there with that one, <laughs> the chocolate, because we're like, oh, we got to make sure we support those pollinators. So anybody who didn't care, chocolate, uh, let alone just chocolate, should be your should be your reason. If you can't find another one in this podcast, which there are tons. Um, what else? Uh, well, think about the things that you like to do. Uh, do you like to watch birds? Birds need pollinators. Birds need insects. Birds need healthy plants for a source of food and habitat. Um, do you like to garden? You know, healthy gardens start with healthy pollinators. Um, any kind of outdoor activity is going to be based on uh, our, our health of our pollinators, which again are supporting that lowest base of the food chain, our, our plant life. I, I think about the bee movie. Have you seen the bee movie? No, way. You haven't seen the bee movie? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Emily, have you seen the bee movie? I saw it a long time ago. Oh my heavens. Well, it's a must see if you haven't. And Put it on my list. You have to, um, <laughs> because part of the bee movie is um, some, somehow the plants all go away or the pollinators go away and the world goes like dark or not dark, but like, you know, yeah, not, it's not alive. There's no green. There's no nothing. And that's because of the pollinators. And They're the building blocks of life. Yes. <laughs> you can't enjoy your green grass outside. You got to see the bee movie. All right. It's oh all day. You know what? And it's taking the rest of the day off. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually pretty funny, too. Um, it has good adult humor, too, also. And, and good for kids, too. It's fun. Nice. Um, but a good lesson in that is we need we need our pollinators, not just the bees, but like everyone. And then anything we can do to support them in their process is so, so important. Um, what are a few things each of us can do in our yard? So say someone's listening to this, other than going out and, and buying some plants, you know, are, are there anything else that like news we can use, garden or even planting in some pots if we don't have a yard? What can we do to support? Absolutely. Well, number one, we've talked about native plants a lot, always important. Um, but plant plants that bloom throughout the season. In particular, we need plants that bloom early on. So bees come out of hibernation, out of their ground nests, um, and they are looking for energy to start producing young. And so a lot of the time, we just we don't have a lot of early blooming, early flowering plants. So they're relying on things like trees and shrubs. People think of um, you know lilacs, they bloom early. That's a great source of nectar for our, our pollinators. Um, 
think about planting things like crabs or plums, willows or fruit trees in your yard. Um, good native shrubs are viburnums and dogwoods. Um, these are really helpful to our pollinators. And then think about planting things that flower late in the fall as well. Um, sunflowers and uh, asters and goldenrods. These are great because, you know, particularly for our, our flagship monarch that likes to, poll or to migrate, um, they need that energy to be able to make their journey or to get into hibernation. You got to fuel up. That's right. Flight. Emily, anything you'd like to add on that? If I have a, like a pot, like a pot on my, 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 my deck and I don't have a yard, anything I can plant in my pot. So a lot of native species, they have very deep root systems. So I've tried planting a few of them um, in pots just to see what will happen. And I'd like to hear from anyone who tries if they successfully get any native species to go in a pot. But I think um, another really important thing is just providing that physical vegetation structure to um, pollinators. So especially for overwintering, it's really useful to have some sort of cover or um, shade or just any, anywhere they can kind of make their home is really important for them. Okay. Um, the city of Madison is a bee city. So here's some info to digest. So bees aren't just bees. Like there's more than one kind of bee. For non-bee fluent people, this is, this is interesting. I'm They're not all honey producers. Exactly, right? <laughs> so when people hear the word bee, they often think of a single bee species. So the European honeybees. However, the United States is also home to just over 3,600 native wild bee species, such as bumblebees, leafcutter bees, sweat bees, mason bees, longhorn bees, and mining bees. Who knew I mean, Wild is right. You, you should see some pictures of some of these. Some of them don't look like what we think of as bees. Mm. They could be metallic greens. They can look like little flies. They can look, you know, the huge classic fuzzy bumblebee with the black and yellow stripes. Um, but they're really beautiful, and they are very diverse. And what's so interesting about bees is they live even in our urban areas. And that's what Bee City USA is all about. It's about promoting pollinator habitat in urban areas. Um, and as part of our participation in Bee City USA, we produce a report every year um, on what we do at different city agencies to support and promote pollinator habitat, even in our, our most, like I said, urban areas. So um, could be things like, you know, parks installed, a pollinator planting. This is the square footage. This is the number of species. It's going to help pollinators by providing habitat. It could be something like Oldbrook Gardens hosted their Blooming Butterflies event, and that's going to help educate our residents about what butterflies and pollinators are doing for our community. Mm -hmm. um, it could be, you know, uh, engineering's reporting how many species of native plant seeds we collected last fall and, and how we're going to be using those to create new habitat. Um, so all those things go into our, our report and they help um, support our participation in this framework of Bee City USA. That's, that's exactly what I was asking too. You hit it on the head there with some specifics on what exactly are we doing, including beehives. So um, this is something new. Um, breaking news. Breaking news into the <laughs> podcast studio right now. Um, you know, and, and if people are listening to this podcast, they might hear it years from now. Um, but just know, yeah, we, we are working on hosting some bees here in the city. So can you just share a little bit about that, Maddie? This is so exciting. It's our new, uh, our new program, I guess you could say. Um, for the first time ever, engineering has its own set of honeybee hives. We've got three hives out on one of our ponds. 
Um, we just got them installed last week, and so far they are thriving and buzzing and uh, <laughs> taking up nectar from all of the penstemon that's flowering out there and the white wild indigo and hopefully other things coming along soon here. Yes, we'll have more on that on another episode, but that is a huge thing. And we also um, kind of leads into the next part is National Pollinator Week. So it comes every year um, in June. So what are some tools or resources for people to connect with if they're just trying to do one simple thing to support our pollinators? I think the most important they, thing they can do is um, maybe try and plant just one native plant in their yards if they are able to do that. Um, a really good program for that is called Plant Dane through the Ripple Effects, and they sell highly discounted native plant plugs in the spring. Um, and that's ripple-effects.com. Yes, thank you. Another thing they can do is just get excited. Um, read some books about the topic. Uh, some favorites of mine include Bringing Nature Home by Douglas Talamy, who really touches on how to incorporate native plants into your home landscape. And uh, Pollinators of Native Plants by Heather Holm is also a really good one that's going to tell you details about what plants to plant to attract what kind of pollinators. Oh, I just love that. Good reading, reading resources. Um, any uh, misconception of bees? As we wrap up here, we're in our last two questions. Well, as we already touched on, not all bees are honeybees, and honeybees don't live in those papery cartoon hives that you see. <laughs> those are actually paper wasps. Oh, gosh. Uh, okay, okay. Um, uh, in fact, bees are really interesting. About 90% of North American bees are solitary, and most of them actually are ground nesting or cavity nesting. Um, so this kind of ties into other things you can do to help promote their habitat. Um, Emily touched on this, but um, leave some of your plant debris in the fall. Don't rake it all up. Leave some of those woody stems, uh, cut the tops of your perennials off, and leave those hollow plant stems for bees to lay their eggs into. Um, other misconceptions, I think people think of bees, maybe there's a little bit of fear there. They're worried about getting stung. That's understandable, um, but it's kind of a bee's last uh, defense mechanism. They're busy. They have their own lives to live. They got work to do. Uh, they don't want to sting you, so um, they're not necessarily aggressive. I, I, this is going to be a question that I feel like you might, you just answer this how you may. So if I'm at home and I see, obviously bees, bees are pretty harmless, but I see wasps. Um, you know, and, and a lot of the time homeowners want to get rid of wasps. They want to spray them. They want because they're different than bees. Um, they're obviously a lot more aggressive, it seems like. What do we do? Is that okay? Is that not okay? What do you recommend? Well, I'm, I'm no insect removal expert, but... No, but I, I also say it from a place of, I want to help pollinators, absolutely. and I also want to help the bees, but wasps can be dangerous. They can be aggressive, absolutely. And so so wasps are like the bad boys of the pollinator world. <laughs> it's They are far more aggressive. They don't always die when they sting you. They can swarm. Like, they, they can be real uh, um, tough nutters. So... You know, if if it's a real hazard and safety concern, um, you know, you've got to do what you need to do. If it's, you know, right by your porch door and you're coming in and out and you're disturbing them every time, it's probably better to remove that nest. However, if there is an area where you can tolerate them, let them live out the season, um, that's a nice thing you can do for pollinators. I know we have uh, our rooftop planting at Amel Street, which is a beautiful garden. Um, you know, employees do like to sit out there and have their lunch break sometimes, but we had a big nest of uh, great golden digger wasps, I think, yep, two it. years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and we were able to just kind of leave those alone um, and, and coexist peacefully with them. So Yeah, wasps tend to have that kind of um, scarier look to them. Like yes. when we see a wasp, we lump them all together in the same group and yes. think, oh, this thing is going to sting me. Yes. 
And that's exactly how I felt when I saw these great golden digger wasps when I was trying to weed the rain garden. I was like, oh no, I'm done for. But then I took a picture, found out what kind of species it was, looked it up, and I read that they're barely aggressive at all, just like bees. If you uh, threaten their livelihood, they, they might sting you, but otherwise they're just going to mind their own business. <sighs> mind your own beeswax. <laughs> nice. All right. That's my last bee pun. Okay. Um, national. I don't believe you. Anna. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Let's see how many more we can do in seven seconds. No. Okay. So <laughs> lastly, um, thank you both for being here. Um, our resources, we have tons of them on our engineering division website. Um, we will continue to add to them plant lists, um, Bee City USA information, pollinator information, native plant information, rain garden information, you name it. It's all actually brand new. The city website, cityofmadison.com slash engineering. And then during National Pollinator Week, we do special pro- promotion. Um, this year, we're going to be going out to the bee site. So we are going to bring you up close and personal with our bee friends um first time having bees um here in the city um again thank you both for being here being here um it's right it's just that one felt right didn't it it just (laughs) it just rolls right off i mean it was gonna happen it's gonna happen all right thank you both for being here if you'd like us to cover a topic here more in depth send us an email at engineer at cityofmadison.com or send us a message on social media because we are here for you every day in engineering buzz buzz buzz